Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolis. Growing up, Thanksgiving was a great time in my house. It was warm and there was lots of food, lots of activity, but the day started just about the same, all the time, with the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. While my sisters would take the opportunity to sleep in that day often, I would get up as soon as possible, run downstairs, still wrapped in a blanket, and I would turn on the television and wait for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade to start. I never could quite get it right about what time it would start, so I'd often be up at 8 o'clock in the morning, watching news, waiting for it to begin. Then while I was watching it, my mother would wake up, my sisters would wake up, everybody would creep out from their beds, food would start getting cooked. At the beginning of the parade, you'd hear the clatter of pans and pots, and as the parade ended, you could actually get the first hints of turkey cooking in the oven. It was always a great time, and I would always dream about going over to see the parade, and even though I grew up right on the other side of the river, I never actually went over to watch it. To this day, it is not a Thanksgiving, unless I start my day watching at least a portion of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And although over the years it's gotten slicker, the production values on the television program have gotten better, the floats and balloons have gotten a lot more elaborate. One thing hasn't changed, and that's my reaction to it. I always wake up way too early. I always carry my blanket into the other room, plop down on the couch, and get stuck watching news and other programming until the parade begins. And then, for several hours, I'm in heaven. I won't leave that TV until the whole reason for watching the parade happens and Santa Claus arrives. That's when I know Thanksgiving's about to start. On today's show, we're going to talk about the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. We're going to talk about its history, the changes that have happened over the years, the specific terminology for the parade, and the various participants over the years. It's Thanksgiving, so I hope everyone's at home with their families and friends enjoying themselves. We got a holiday-packed program, so without further ado, let's start the show. Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade got its start in the 1920s. During that time, a lot of the employees at Macy's were first-generation immigrants from Europe, and they wanted to celebrate their new American heritage and the holiday of Thanksgiving in a European way. So they decided that they would have a parade. And in 1924, they held the first Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. They paraded from 145th Street 
down to 34th Street in front of Macy's, and they would dress as cowboys, clowns, sheiks, and knights. There were floats, a band, but one thing that was missing were balloons. There were none of the giant balloons that we've come to see. Instead, they borrowed live animals from the Central Park Zoo and paraded them right down the avenue. At this point, the parade was called the Macy's Christmas Parade. Even at the end of that first parade, as has been the case in almost every other Macy's parade, Santa Claus would show up at the very end of the parade. Unlike every other parade to follow, Santa was actually enthroned at the 34th Street store entrance, and there he was crowned King of the Kitties, this first event was such a huge success, they say about a quarter of a million people showed up to watch it. With that sort of goodwill and that sort of press, Macy's decided that this would indeed become an annual event. The animals would continue to be a part of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day tradition until 1927, when there was concern about marching wild animals down the street next to families and children. So they decided to replace them with what would become a staple of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, large balloons. Those balloons were originally produced by the Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company of Akron, Ohio. And the first and probably most famous balloon at that time, Felix the Cat. That first year, there wasn't helium. It would be in 1928 that they would start using helium to fill the ever-growing number of balloons in the parade. Felix wasn't the only balloon, of course, that year, but he was the only character that was recognizable. Other characters wouldn't appear until a couple of years later. The other balloons of that first year were a dragon, an elephant, and a toy soldier. Since they were using helium in 1928, they decided to go with a really interesting, quirky promotional idea. At the end of the parade, they would release the balloons into the sky. But the way that they were designed in 1928, there was not proper safety valve in the balloons. So those balloons all burst unexpectedly. In later years, they would be redesigned with safety valves that would allow them to float for many days. And they would have address labels sewn into them. So if you woke up one morning and there was a Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade balloon on the top of your house, you could pack it up and send it back to Macy's, and they would send you a free gift. For the 1930s, it wasn't a gift that I would scoff at. It was a $100 gift certificate to Macy's for a prize of that equivalent value. Not bad. The parade would continue to grow, and by the early to mid-30s, there would be a million people lining the parade route. In 1934, probably one of the most famous characters at the time would make his Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade debut, and that was Mickey Mouse. Mickey was not the only Disney character who's been transformed into a giant balloon. Donald Duck has been a balloon, and a couple of years ago, Goofy was also transformed into a giant Macy's balloon. Always a crowd pleaser. In the 30s, they also started broadcasting the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade on radio, which is unusual for such a visual show, but I'm sure the descriptions were lively, and the bands and merrymaking must have been really interesting for early audiences to hear. You're very lucky, because we actually have audio from the Retroist Broadcasting Company's first annual coverage of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in 1934. The coverage itself made news back in the day, and Traveling Jack was asked never to return to the parade again. This is Traveling Jack, reporting to you live from the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. There's a good crowd here, good turnout. This is my first time at the parade. I'm very excited, and here comes the band. But wait, what is that? 
coming over the horizon. It's a giant cat. Oh, good Lord, it reminds me of that Felix the cat, but it's 13 feet tall. Run for your lives! In the ensuing stampede, 68 people were injured. As I mentioned earlier, Santa Claus appeared in almost every Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade to close it out. But 1933 was an exception in that very interesting parade. Santa actually led the parade that year. And that might have been because the 33 parade was the first ever recorded for newsreels and then shown in theaters all around the world. So at that point, it wasn't just a New York thing or a regional New York, New Jersey thing, but instead became something that the whole world would know about. The 30s would see the parade continue to grow. But then the un thinkable happened. War broke out, and rubber and helium were at a premium. And with our fighting people overseas, it didn't seem like a good time to be celebrating. So the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade was officially put on hold from 1942 to 1945. And the balloons were all donated to the government so that they could be part of the government's rubber surplus heap. America, land of abundance, learns to mobilize its waste, to save its scrap, to provide more metals for war. Tin cans collected in one citywide salvage drive total more than a million pounds. A 55-car load contribution to the United Nations war effort. When processed, these cans will provide 11,000 pounds of pure tin, thousands of pounds of copper, both vital metals in the production of armament. As soon as the war ended, the parade roared back to life. In 1945, it would return, and in 1947, would be ingrained permanently as part of American culture, when it was featured prominently in the movie Miracle on 34th Street, which actually shows footage of the 1946 parade, which makes it not just a great movie, but a great record of the parade, because it actually shows footage from the 1946 parade. Santa Claus is coming to town. I intend to prove that Mr. Kringle is Santa Claus. And he's turning it upside down. Oh, you don't believe that, do you? Now coming your way for the holidays. Oh, yes. Starring Maureen O'Hara and John Payne, Natalie Wood and Edmund Gwen. And a very Merry Christmas to you. Thank you, Mr. Kringle. And the same to you. Miracle on 34th Street. this was not the first time that people had seen the parade. It was first televised locally in 1939, even though a lot of people didn't have televisions, and then would be suspended from 40 to 44 during the war years. It would return in 1945, along with the end of the war, but it wasn't until 1948 that it would get network coverage on CBS. In 1955, NBC would take over as the official broadcaster of the event, and it has been ever since. At first, these were very abbreviated broadcasts, usually about an hour long. Then in 1961, they expanded the broadcasting to two hours. Then from 1962 to 1964, they pushed it back to 90 minutes. Then in 65, it was moved back to two hours. People started getting into it. And then by 1969, the entire parade was televised and has been ever since. The first broadcast of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in color was in 1960. The following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. 
The parade has been hosted by different people over the years, almost always by some sort of NBC talent. From 1963 to 1971, it was hosted by Lauren Green, who was on Bonanza at the time, and Golden Girl Betty White. Then the show had a bunch of different co-hosts, Mary Hart, Sandy Duncan, Deborah Norville, Katie Couric. From 87 to 97, the telecast was hosted by the Today Show's Brian Gumbel and Willard Scott, and I remember those ones quite well. Since the 40s, the parade has been really star-studded, with performers from Hollywood and Broadway and television making appearances. But the star of the show has always been the balloons. And there's actually technical terms for the different types of balloons. There's balloons, which are what you see like Felix the Cat, where the person has to hold a rope and they tow them down the street. Then there's balloonicles, which is a mix-up of the word balloon and vehicles, which is a self-powered balloon vehicle. Crazy. Then there's a faloon, which is a mix of float and balloon, and that is a float-based balloon. So a balloon that's attached to a float, not towed by people. The first balloonicle was in 2004, and that was of the Weebles. And the first balloon was in 1991, and it was Humpty Dumpty. Fun to say. These balloons, faloons, and balloonicles are not just rushed and thrown together. There's actually a design process. And the first step in making a balloon is drawing a sketch. These sketches are evaluated and improved by aerodynamic engineers that make sure that the balloon can fly and move forward. If the balloon passes that test, a clay model of the parade balloon is made. And this balloon model is an exact two-scale replica of that balloon. And it has to be an exacting likeness so that they can test to make sure that the balloon will be able to float successfully and that wind will pass over it. After that, a second model is used that is painted with the exact details of that balloon. After the success and testing, the Macy's Parade Balloon is assembled and given a test flight. Then each chamber is inspected for leaks, and if all goes well and the balloon is given the A-OK, -okay, it will make the cut and appear in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. The balloons for the parade are inflated the day before Thanksgiving on Wednesday on both sides of the American Museum of Natural History in New York City. The inflation teams consists of various volunteers from Macy's as well as students from the Stevens Institute of Technology in Hoboken, which is where the balloons and floats are designed and built. If you didn't know this, the inflation is open to the public the afternoon and the night before the parade, and it's a real treat to go over there. A lot less crowds and really interesting to watch. Here are some highlights from balloons that have been released along with the year. In 1927, you had Felix the Cat, and 1934, you had Mickey Mouse. In 38, Uncle Sam became afloat. In 1940, Eddie Cantor became the only living person to ever be depicted on a balloon. In 1951, you had Mighty Mouse. In 57, Popeye. In 61, a crowd-pleaser, Bullwinkle. In 1962, Donald Duck made his appearance on a balloon. In 1963, Elsie the Cow. In 1965, one of my favorites, Underdog. In 1966, Smokey the Bear and Superman. In 1972, a new Mickey Mouse and astronaut Snoopy, who was a tribute to Apollo 11. In 1977, Kermit the Frog. In 1980, Superman. This was the second version and would be the largest balloon to ever appear in the parade. In 1982, it took a long time but Olive Oil became the first female balloon character in parade history. That year also Woody Woodpecker appeared. In 1984, it was the 80s, so Garfield appeared. Spider-Man would show up in 1987 along with Ronald McDonald and a new Snoopy, not to mention the Snuggle Bear. 
1989, we'd finally get some Looney Tunes and Bugs Bunny would appear. In 1996, you'd get a reboot of Bullwinkle, and this time he'd be paired with Rocky. In 99, one of my favorite, the Honey Nut Cheerios Bee would appear. I like when the advertising characters appear. In 2008, I thought it was a little late, but finally we get some Smurf action. And in 2009, here's what we're promised. A Pillsbury Doughboy, a fourth version of Mickey Mouse, this time celebrating cruise ships, a new version of Ronald McDonald, and a brand new version of Spider-Man. So the balloon hits keep on coming. The actual route of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade hasn't changed much over the years. That is until now. So if you're going to be in New York for the 2009 parade, make sure that you realize that the parade will avoid Broadway this year. Here's how the parade route looks now. From 77th Street and Central Park West, the route goes along Central Park to Columbus Circle. Now I've watched the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade enough to realize that you should not watch the parade in Columbus Circle. It's very windy there and they try to get through as fast as possible. The parade then turns east along Central Park South. It makes a right turn at 7th Avenue and goes down to Times Square. At 42nd Street, the parade turns left and goes east. Then at 6th Avenue, turns right again. Heading south on 6th Avenue, the parade eventually turns right at 34th Street, Herald Square, and proceeds west to the terminating point at 7th Avenue where the floats are taken down. New York thought that this would be a smarter move and will provide more space for the parade and more viewing space for the spectators. If you are going to the parade, just try to be as safe as possible. There have been various incidents and injuries over the years. In 86, a Raggedy Ann balloon crashed into a lamppost and sent it to the street. These are big balloons. In 93, the Sonic the Hedgehog balloon crashed into a lamppost at Columbus Circle, injuring an off-duty police officer. In 94, Barney tore a lamppost up. In 1995, Dudley the Dragon slammed into a lamppost and showered glass on the crowd. In 1997, a Cat in the Hat balloon hit a lamppost and struck somebody, sending her into a coma for a month. This changed the pattern of balloons. Now most balloons are much smaller and easier to handle. So if you're going to watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, try and make sure you don't stand right next to any lampposts and just be very aware of what's going on. It's just always something to be aware of. You want to have a safe and happy and healthy Thanksgiving. So watch the lampposts. If it's a windy day, you know, stand off to the side a little. The Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade is an important part of American pop culture. It has become ingrained into one of our more important holidays, Thanksgiving. Personally, I don't feel like it's Thanksgiving unless I get to watch it. So, I'm going to end this podcast with, hey, do you hear that? (laughs) Oh, looks like the big guy's here. I guess we can finally start the Christmas season. For more retro fun, drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow The Retroist on Twitter and Facebook. I'm at twitter.com slash retroist and facebook.com slash retroist. Share your holiday memories at The Retroist forums. You can find them at www.retroist.com slash forums. Do you like the art that appears with every Retroist podcast? That art is done by Christopher Tupa. You can see more of Christopher's art at his website, ctupa.com. That's c-t-u-p-a dot com. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and thanks for listening to the show.
Ho, 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 ho. This has been a retrospection. Goodbye.